hello hello and welcome back to another episode of general conference conversations i'm your host kaylin and i am super excited to be here with you having conversations about general conference so let's get right into it today we are finishing up the saturday afternoon session with elder Uchtdorf's talk uh, jesus christ is the strength of parents this is the last talk in Saturday afternoon session. We are already two sessions in, which is absolutely insane. Here we are. <laughs> um, and as always, I encourage you to watch, listen, read this talk before you can listen to me talk about it. So you can get your own inspirations and um, promptings and things like that before you come and listen to me. Hopefully I can add a little something, ask a question you might not have thought of before. Uh, but I'm going to jump right in real quick. And if you remember last conference, I'll make sure that I think I'm like 90% sure, like 99.9% .9 sure, but I'm always, I want to make sure, like make sure, make sure I'm saying this correctly. Uh, yes, last conference was when they um, announced and introduced the new For Strength of Youth pamphlet. And Elder Uchtdorf was the one who introduced it and his talk was called Jesus Christ is Strength of Youth. And so this is kind of like a, it feels like a part two continuation follow-up companion talk um, for parents specifically. And So because of that, it because it is geared toward parents, I just wanted to kind of like give a disclaimer, talk about something at the beginning before I kind of jump into the actual talk. So it's geared toward parents. And I am a very strong believer that no matter what, um, no matter what audience a talk is for, there's usually something that you can find. Um, for anybody. It's usually a principle, obviously, everything's built on these principles, right? These eternal principles of charity and love and faith and repentance and like all of these things. Um, sometimes it's really small. Sometimes it's a pretty big thing. Um, I try in this pod this podcast I try to glean everything that I can for the broadest audience that I can because I know that my watchers listeners are not all parents they're not all missionaries they're not all married they're not all youth they're not all kids right and so we have these these audiences that um most of the time, it's a pretty general audience that they're speaking towards. And sometimes they say, I would like to speak to the youth of the church. And so I try to have questions um, and things from the talks that are more specifically geared toward a specific audience that, that will still be relevant for even if you aren't a parent. And so I've tried with this to um to have questions and to talk about things that are for everybody 
uh, but I also will be reading things that are very geared towards parents because it's literally, he's literally talking to parents. So I'm also not a parent. So there's that. <laughs> and um, so I also have a different coming from a different perspective from this. So if I ever say, well, as a parent, then you know that I did not think about that that sentence before it came out of my mouth because I am not a parent. I will try to be like, I can imagine myself as a parent or I know that my parents talked to me about this. So we'll see how this goes, but just um, to like kind of preface all of this. Getting into the talk itself. So he starts out by telling a little story about a father who's in the bishopric and he's leaving for a, an evening meeting and his daughter comes out and, and asks him, you know, why do you have to go? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm a counselor in the bishopric. It's, you know, my calling. And she's like, but you're my dad. And he's like, I know that you want me to read to you. I know you want me to help you go to sleep, but I have to help the bishop tonight. And Elder Igdor says, you know, we're so grateful for all of the members who serve on a daily basis serve countless hours to keep the church running and that sacrifice is super important um but there's something irreplaceable and equally sacred about a parent nurturing a child and about the effects that we have in our own homes and again we don't all have kids um we're not all married, we don't all live with people, but in the home can just, in our personal lives, right? And the people that we have a day-to-day -day conversation, a day-to-day -day relationship with, um, my husband, uh, siblings, best friends, roommates, coworkers, like we have an impact on those people not because we are called in like a calling and set apart, right? Um, but because we are around them every single day and the, the impact that that has is just, it's different um, than the impact that you have as a, in a calling in church. So, he also says this, this is the very end of the first section of his talk, and he, um, the way he talks about parenting in this talk, I adore how he talks about it, and this kind of sets the tone for that. So, he says, parents, thank you for everything that you're doing to raise your children, your children, Thank you for everything you're doing to raise your parents. Because as every parent knows, we often learn as much from our children about faith, hope, and charity as they learn from us. And I think that he has several points that he just kind of says things. This is pretty blatant, obviously. There are a couple times where he says things like this, or things like offhand, or just like little phrases. And I have a few um, examples that I'm going to read as we go along where he's just very compassionate. He's very, you know, this is a relationship. It's two-way street. 
You're gonna learn things from your kids and hopefully your kids are gonna learn things from you. You're doing your best, right? Rely on the Lord. Um, you don't need to be perfect. All parents think that they're not good enough. And he just has this way of making you feel at ease. I know myself and I know that when I have kids, I am going to think that I'm not good enough. I'm going to want or think that I need to be perfect because it's a big responsibility to be a parent. God is trusting you with his child, not only to just keep alive, but also to keep happy and healthy and hopefully with the, the comfort and the faith in Christ and in the gospel. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. It can feel like a lot of responsibility. Um, but the way that he talks about this is just so beautiful. Of just, you know, you're trying your best. You're doing your best. And when you do your best, like, miracles happen, basically. So, as a... An example of that, just one paragraph later, he talks about the risk that Heavenly Father and how he must feel sending his kids down to earth. They have amazing potential, they are the potential to become glorious beings, but they come as a baby, a helpless baby who can't even feed themselves, right? And how much that must terrify God. And they form their understanding of life. He uses this phrase from the people around them, especially their parents, who honestly are still trying to figure things out for themselves. And I thought that was so... It's such a simple way to remind you that, one, you're still figuring everything out and that's okay. Two, your parents are still figuring things out and that's okay. Like everybody around you is still figuring out life. And like as a kid, you look at your, your parents and you think that they are perfect. They can't do anything wrong. They know everything in the world. And it's only as you get older that you realize that they're struggling just like you are. They're learning and they're making mistakes. They're just a little bit farther ahead in their learning journey on this earth. And, but then something changes, right? When you have kids. Like I said, I don't have kids, so I can't say that, but I've, I've witnessed that. I've seen that when people have children, they put expectations on themselves or other people put expectations on them to be perfect, to know exactly what their kid needs every moment of every day. And sure you have motherly instinct or fatherly instinct right there's there's something about knowing your kid but you're not going to get it right every single time and to give yourself mercy and forgiveness and to give other parents mercy and forgiveness they're just doing what they think is best for their child they're not going to get it right every time probably not going to get it right a lot of the time, actually. We're not perfect. And I just love that little, like, reminder of they're still trying to figure it out for themselves. 
I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. I hope that I will be a good mom, but I know that I won't be a perfect one. There's no such thing as a perfect parent except for God. <laughs> um, and he kind of sums all of these feelings up, this, this everything that I've been telling you. He says it throughout his talk, but he does have one little thing. He says, my message to all parents is this. The Lord loves you. He is with you. He stands beside you. He is your strength in guiding your children to make righteous choices. Accept this privilege and responsibility courageously and joyfully. Don't delegate the source of heavenly blessings to anyone else. Within the framework of gospel values and principles, you are the ones to guide your child in the details of daily decisions. Help your ch children build faith in Jesus Christ, love his gospel and his church, and prepare for a lifetime of righteous choices. In fact, that's God's plan for his parents. Satan will oppose you, distract you, try to discourage you, but every child has received the light of Christ as a direct line to heaven, and the Savior will help you, guide you, and encourage you. Seek his help, inquire of the Lord. Just as Jesus Christ is the strength of youth, Jesus Christ is also the strength of parents. And that's just a beautiful, hopeful, compassionate message that he has for parents and for everybody, honestly, right? Whatever you are, wherever you are in your life, whatever you've done in your life, whatever you feel like you are called to do, you are enough. And Jesus will help you. You can reach out to him. And I was just called out real hardcore by the spirit. That's fine. <laughs> Trying not to cry. Anyway. So the next couple of quotes. Um, I thought about the next couple of sections, really. Again, still about parents and parenting. But I thought they were very applicable because he's talking about relationships. Um, obviously specifically about the relationship between a parent and child but the way that he speaks about it is very on the nose for any relationship really and so he says this now perhaps you feel that your relationship with your child is less than ideal that's where the savior the savior's power comes in he heals the sick and he can heal relationships he multiplies bread and fish and he can multiply the love and the joy in your home and I thought that was very applicable to all relationships, not just between a mother and a child or a parent and child, but also between siblings and with between spouses and friends. Um, and so that's my question is how can Christ be the strength in your relationships? Even if both parties are not members of church or are even Christian, um, not only does Christ support us through the atonement, through our faith in him, he also gives us an amazing example of who to be and how to treat people. Um, he truly loved everyone that he came across in his life and he embodied kindness and charity and patience and empathy. Um... And as we try, it's not easy, but as we try to also have those attributes and to live those attributes, our, our relationships will 
will feel that, will be strengthened through that. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to... We're not going to never yell. We're not going to never get angry. Um, but as we strive to then also be forgiving of ourselves and forgiving of other people and apologize, take responsibility, we can strengthen our relationships, even if they're not easy. And then kind of along those same lines, um, he talks about these small and simple things. He says, one home evening... One gospel conversation or one good example may not change your child's life in a moment any more than one drop of rain causes a plant to immediately to grow. But the consistency of small and simple things day after day nourishes your children much better than an occasional flood. That is the Lord's way. He speaks to you and your child with a still small voice, not a voice of thunder. He healed Naaman not through some great thing, but through the simple repeated act of washing. The children of Israel enjoyed the feast of quail in the wilderness, but what kept them alive was the small and simple miracle of manna, their daily bread. And so my question, kind of follow-up question, the last one is, how have you seen small and simple things build your relationships? Um, I, it takes me a lot more effort to make friends. I have this lovely thing called social anxiety. And I used to say that I wasn't good at making friends. <laughs> um, but I've been since trying to give myself a bit more mercy, compassion, and grace. It just takes me longer. It takes me a lot longer to not only open up to other people, but also to get other people to open up if that makes sense to actually like approach someone ask them a question about themselves that takes a lot of courage and a lot of energy for me um that often i don't put that courage and energy into relationships because it's terrifying absolutely terrifying to talk to people <laughs> um so for example my husband and i have been in this ward for about a year now and I know people, um, I've gotten to know people, I've spent time with people in their homes, you know, they've had us over for dinner, uh, we've had them over for dinner. I serve, I, I serve and I have served with some amazing people in primary and now in the Emblem Presidency, um, and I serve with amazing girls, but it has taken me this long to feel like I even have, like, a semblance of a friend. Um, friend might not be the right word. I have friends. I have friends in the ward, but not the kind of friends like the depth of a relationship where, you know, we see each other three times a week and have lunch or we text all the time, right? I have friends who live far, far away that I speak to on a much more regular basis, whether over the phone or texting or whatever than I do with anybody in my ward. Um, and so that's hard for me. That's hard for me to like wrap my head around that we've already been here for a year and I still don't feel like I'm quite settled in the ward. Um, I know it just takes time to get to new, a new ward also. I mean, there's what, 300 people that show up every week. You're not gonna know every single one of them your first six months. Um, 
but it has been the small and simple things that have helped me to get the relationships that I have now. And as I've looked back at my life, <laughs> the the people that I'm still really close with or that I was really close with that I've, you know, we're not as close now. Um, but the relationships that I've built have all been small and simple things. And I'll give two quick examples and then I'll move on. In my ward, um, I serve, like I said, I'm, I'm in the Young Women's Presidency and the president of the Young Women's, she lives right next door to us. And she was the one of the first people I met in the ward. Uh, it was our first week. I think we had been to church already, but you know, I met people, but very briefly, and I don't remember who it was very quick and a long time ago. But she texted and then she came over that Thursday night. There was a, a Relief Society activity that I hadn't heard about on, at church. But even if I had heard about it at church, I probably wouldn't have gone because I didn't know anybody. And that would have been way too much for my anxiety to handle. But she came over, she texted, and then she stopped by. And she said, I'm going. I'd love for you to come with me. You can sit with me. We can talk. Like, you'll have somebody to, to actually be with. Even though you don't know me super well, but you'll have someone to sit with. And so I went. And she did. She sat with me the whole time. She introduced me to people. She knows everybody. <laughs> so she was, like, chatting up with people and, in, like, including me in the conversations. And... Since then, I've known that she's somebody that I can go to when I need something, and I have. And then now, being able to serve with her in the Women's Presidency, we've gotten even closer. She gives me ride, rides home from meetings and activities sometimes, and we get to talk. They had us over. Uh, we didn't get to go see either of our families for Christmas because money. So we, it was just the two of us. Um, my husband and I, but she had us over for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, which was so nice for her to like have us over. She had a bunch of people over from the ward. And so, I don't know, um, it is just those small and simple things um, that I know that I can go to her for. And then I was thinking about my companions as, as a missionary. Um, it's a little different because, you know, you're together. All of a sudden, you are together 24-7. You have no idea who this person is. You've never met them before in your entire life. And all of a sudden, you have to stay within touching distance, <laughs> seeing distance at least, of them 24 hours a day for at least six weeks. And so it's very much accelerated relationship. But it's still the small and simple things. It was still always the little conversations that I had with my companions about life and their families and who they were and what they loved, our companionship study, hearing their testimony and the things that they, the connections that they had made in their personal study. It was always those small things. It was the small things that connected us and, you know, even though it was very much accelerated, <laughs> especially for my taste um, and my the, like the normal in my life um, it was still the small and simple things that brought us together and I'm still really good friends with a lot 
of my companions because we got so, so close. Um, so how have you seen small and simple things build your relationships? Moving on. <laughs> um, he also talks about how God and Christ support parents. And one of the things he talks about is them giving revelation. Um, and I really liked this one little paragraph he talks about revelation and he says, um, as you are prayerful and sensitive to the spirit, he will warn you of hidden dangers. He will reveal your children's gifts, their strengths, and their unspoken concerns. God will help you see your children as he sees them beyond their outward appearance and into their hearts. And I really loved that because he didn't say, oh, God will give you revelation to tell your kids what to do, right? Um, I'm sure there are definitely times where God gives you promptings to help guide your children or to answer questions that they have, or as he says, his, their unspoken concerns. Um, but it's all about, this whole section was all about God helping you see your children as he sees them and to have the perspective, the eternal perspective of your child, um, all of their strengths, all of their gifts, all of the ways that they are making their decisions, right? And that it's going to be okay. And I just really love that. It was very simple, very straightforward. Um, he then, of course, this one was really sweet. I remember, I remember hearing this, like, I remember, well, I remember, like, actually watching this talk in conference. Um, it caught my attention very much, so, but this one, I remember everybody kind of chuckled. He was like, imagine that you're, you know, in church and you're listening to a talk about families and the speaker is describing this perfect home where nobody ever fights and the children stop reading their scriptures only when it's time to do homework and love one another is always playing in the background um and he's like you might be thinking that my family is hopeless and he's like relax everybody in the congregation is thinking that nobody is perfect and going off what i said earlier we put these expectations on ourselves as parents as people we kind of unconsciously also put these expectations on other people um, and not always like, sometimes it's, oh, I expect you to be a perfect parent. This is how you should parent. Or it's also, you're perfect. I see you as perfect. And I'm putting these expectations on myself because I perceive you as never having made a bad decision ever. And that can be really damaging for yourself and for the person that you're looking at and judging that they are perfect because nobody is. Everybody's making mistakes. And so when you're comparing yourself to that perfect person, not only is that not true, <laughs> it's really damaging because you're not them. And they're perfect or they're good, whatever is good for them, what works for them may not work for your family and that's okay. So that he kind of, he put that in there. That was like a whole section. Um, and the whole point of it, of course, also was 
you're not your family's not gonna get isn't gonna be picture perfect but it can be better with the help of heavenly father and jesus christ and the savior's teachings he then lists some um resources for parents through the church for strength of youth pamphlet the new one they just put out fsy conferences and then he also talks about teachers advisors and mentors in the church and i like this because i i'm in young women's now and um talks about often you enter a young person's life at a very crucial moment and i have felt that even if i haven't like seen why yet but i i learned that as a missionary and i've carried that into my callings now that you know that the callings that i've been in called to <laughs> um i try to like operate on the assumption <laughs> and have faith that i'm called to this specific position at this time for a reason with these people sometimes it's the kids that I'm called to sometimes I'm called to them because they're gonna help me <laughs> um, sometimes it's the leaders that I serve with I have seen the the impact and the the impact the change and the the blessing that it's been for me to be in the women's um, especially at the time that I was called um, I live very far away from my family uh, my parents and my siblings that are on the other side of the country and until last couple of weeks when we went on our vacation I hadn't seen them in person in a year I went last year for my brother's graduation high school graduation but I hadn't seen them in person in a year and then on top of that my husband hadn't seen them since our wedding and it was very quick and it was only a few hours that we saw them so he hadn't really spent time with them in person um, since I got back from my mission and he came down and visited. So it had been <laughs> two and a half years since he had really spent time with them. And that was really hard for me. Um, I adore his family, his sisters. I've gotten really close with all of them. We lived with them for a few months when we first got married and so I have really amazing relationships with his siblings and so it's really hard for me that he doesn't have relationships with my siblings and I know it's gonna be different it obviously they're different people and so the relationships I have with his sister is going to be different than the relationship he has with my siblings but anyway around the time that I was called I and the last few months especially we have been trying to figure out how how and when and if we could afford to go down and see my family and i was feeling really homesick and missing my siblings a lot and a big thing that i missed was being able to go to their stuff like go to basketball games or volleyball games support them at choir concerts or whatever they were involved with all of us were involved in something and so I was given the chance, I was given the opportunity, I went and saw one of my girls, they did a, a choir performance at the high school, at, at our church building actually, 
And then the weekend before we left, we had Youth Days, which is a big um, softball tournament for the whole stake. So I was able to go and like root on, root for and cheer on all my girls that were able to play. And I felt that, like even though I'm not, like I don't, like I said, I don't have the same relationship with my young women as I do with my siblings, but I felt like a big sister again. Like I felt like I was taking care of them and I, I really, really loved that. And so I know, you know, even if I get released t tomorrow, that was really helpful for me to be in that, in that calling. And so I love, he talks about that, that, and he talks about like, some of you are single adults. Some of you have never had children of your own. Um, and that is an opportunity for you to have an impact on youth and children, even if you are not able to have kids or choose not to have kids or don't ever get married or whatever, right? So, and then he does, he has this last quote I'm going to read, um, is just this perfect analogy to kind of sum up all that he's been talking about with relationships and particularly with parenting. As I said earlier, I love the way that he talks about parenting and this is one of the places where I love that he talks, how he talks about parenting. He says, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, building faith in a child is somewhat like helping a flower grow. You cannot tug on the stem to make it taller. You cannot pry open the bud to make, get it to blossom sooner and you cannot neglect the flower and expect it to grow or flourish spontaneously. What you can and must do for the rising generation is provide rich, nourishing soil with access to flowing heavenly water, remove weeds and anything that would block heavenly sunlight, create the best possible condition for growth, patiently allow the rising generation to make inspired choices and let God work his miracle. The result will be more beautiful and more stunning and more joyful than anything you could accomplish just by yourself. And I really loved that analogy. And I've heard that analogy before as parents being gardeners, right? We also hear about God being gardener. Um, the vineyard. We are his vineyard. Like you said, you can't yank on a flower to get it to grow faster or taller. You can't force a plant to be something that they're not. What you can do is give them the best growing conditions. The best soil, water, sunlight. And help the flowers, the plants, be the best, whatever they are, they can be. Um, and that is a lesson, I think, for parents. It's a lesson that I am going to try to implement when I'm a parent. And also, I think, just for people in general, the people that we, um, the other relationships that we have in our lives, people that we're around, they have their agency. And the best we can do is be ourselves and love them and support them in the making the inspired decisions that they're making and trust that they are trying their best. We are not responsible for their choices and their actions. So on that note, uh, to recap the questions that I have for y'all is one, um, how can Christ be the strength in your relationships, not just with your children, but with siblings, your parents, um, spouses, friends, etc.? And then how have you seen small and simple things build those relationships? 
<clears throat> and then for further study, I wrote down quite a few of his footnotes are either like like whole quotes that aren't in the talk but are in the footnotes from specific um a lot of them are from appendixes in the come follow me like about teaching and like teaching in the savior's way basically um so footnotes 2 5 8 12 and 23 i'll put these in the show notes so you don't have to like <laughs> catch all of those and then uh, Gathering the Family of God by Henry B. Eyring is April 2017 General Conference talk. And then The Weightier Matters of the Law, Judge, Judgment, Mercy, and Faith by James E. Faust from October 1997 were two talks that he referenced in his footnotes. And then The Family Proclamation to the World uh, for the Strength of Youth pamphlet. And he also references Love One Another, which I think is just a good a good song just in general to like review and reread so if you're looking to study more um make more connections things like that those are good places to go that's all i've got for you for this talk today uh, but thank you so much for listening and or watching this episode um as always you can find me on facebook and instagram i update there when episodes drop you can also follow me on youtube or your podcatcher of choice um for to get notified of when new episodes drop as well and i love to hear your comments your um emails messages whatever uh reviews i love hearing from people so and all of that will be in the show notes and I will talk to you next time.